Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, well, the first in this new format of the Valor Valor Talk podcast, or simply I call it Val Talk. I am your host, ValorX77, and yeah, I'm using a new setup here for this recording. Uh, what we got here, I'm using Craig to record this stuff instead of my usual Spotify for podcasters on my phone. So, the audio here is going to sound maybe a little more clunky, but please be advised this is the first time running this setup, so yeah. So, some people are going to be wondering, why did I choose to come back to the PBE? And there were a couple of reasons why I chose to come back. The first of which of these were the fact that there was a... It's hard for me to put into words, to be honest with you. It's 11, 11.37 in the morning in Valor Ta- in the Valor time zone, or Eastern time zone. I always put Valor on everything, because <laughs> ego bias here. So, what we have here... Yeah, if I sound unintelligible, it's early in the morning. Well, not really early, but still, it's in the morning. So, the reason I'm back is that... One, I've wanted to do a few things that I was unable to do with my full-time player last time. Uh, you previously known that player as the Dell Valor Senior. Uh, second part thing I'm back is, obviously, referring to the first part, I felt the end half of the original Dell Valor Senior was ideally what I wanted as a player. Very successful seasons, a couple all-star appearances. We did. I did have a World Series appearance. I didn't win, so I don't mind not getting rings, but I, I am going to want one of a couple players down the line because if you know how frustrated I was in ISFL, up until like a few weeks ago, I didn't have a championship or a main league championship in that league, but it finally happened. My curse over in that league is officially dead, and I have a main championship. Anyway. So, I'll get into some quick analysis about my player. Let me load up the PB site. I have a question, Fred, and a couple stuff. First things first, I think I'll just get into my article here that I wrote a couple weeks ago. About... I called this the Valor Plan. I written this about a few weeks ago on May 22nd, where I reviewed all the destinations. So, so I said that I wanted to come. Basically, I said that I could be a potential person that I may be a little hard to work with because of my known reputation in the past. Uh, so, I said that my player build is a freak second baseman. I was originally a first baseman, like the Dell Sr. was, but uh, when Bruce City took me in the second round, we made the agreement that I used my switch and moved to second base. I still have first and shortstop as my alternate positions, so I could play those positions if I want to. And then we have 
I want to be in Bruce City for three to four seasons. But if the team's in a rebuild, they take me if they need to bring me up sooner. I can understand why they want to call me up early. It's just I want to have a Hall of Fame career with this player. So I'm kind of strict on what I want to happen. So basically is that I have the power of the original player, but also the versatility of another player that I'm going to base this play off of, which was which was when I shared a locker room with his team, with the, when I played with, when Vidal Sr. played with the Rougarou for the last few years of her career, uh, Gustav Beauregard. Beauregard is probably one of the best players to ever be in this league, so that's why I obviously modeled my player after him and the power of my original player. Let's see. So we're only a couple minutes in, so... Next part here we're going to talk is I'm going to jump into some of the uh, let me take a look at some of the current standings as of right now. We're going to look for the minors first and then we'll go for the majors. Eventually, this part is where I predict uh, who gets in and who doesn't get in the playoffs because these are very tight races. As you, if you know, it's an 108 game regular season, so we'll start with the minors. The minors is currently through 79 games. Here's your look at your current standings. I will start off in the West. There is a tie for the Western Division lead between the Kansas City Hepcats and the Bruce City Bears. Uh, Bruce City was a bit of a surprise because they've just gotten hot lately and have somehow tied Kansas City for the division lead. I'm pretty shocked that we were able to get there. We just have some a lot of good send-down pitching. And, but we have a few younger bats, so we're kind of disadvantaged against KC. Uh, third place, we have Anchorage with 40 and 39. Uh, two games back of us for the lead. Then we have... Amarillo, who is five games back, one of my. The Firehawks are ten games back and currently hold the worst record in the. In the minors with a thirty-two and forty-seven record, the East Division. There's really two teams, and then that's it. Who are doing well. The State College Swift seeds currently hold the currently hold on to. The lead in the East, with forty-eight wins. The Kingpins are next with 46, two games back. Florida is 10 games back of, of the division lead, but eight games back of Chicago. Rodgers and Lemurs are both 13 games back, so I just don't see those catching up. And from what I see in the PB, in the what happens in the playoffs, the top two records, not division winners, get buys. In the first round. So right now, the Swift Steeds and Kingpins would receive buys. The Hepcats, despite winning by a tiebreaker, would not earn a first round buy. Which I think is a dumb rule. So, yeah. Okay, so next thing we'll talk about is the Majors here. And this here, the Majors, there are a couple surprises from what I see this season. Uh, first big surprise, the Voyagers having the best record in the league. 
Uh, I'm not shocked to see the Voyagers up there. They have one of the best pitching rotations and best batting cores out there. But the team in that division with 53 wins, they hold the best record in the Legends Conference and also the league. Uh, 10 games back of of them, second place in the division, and currently occupying the first wild card spot is the Providence Crabs, sitting at 43 and 37. Currently holding the last wild card spot, but only by a game, is probably the biggest disappointment of the season so far. It's the Outer Banks Aviators, our two time defending champions. Uh, they got hit by a slow start this season. Uh, luckily, they've been trying to get back to form, so. If the Aviators can get back to form, I don't, and if the Voyagers fall early in the playoffs, I can very well see the Aviators going for a third straight ring. And currently the first team out by one game is Buffalo. Uh, the Buffalo Surge are a pretty strange team from what I see. Uh, they got a lot of old people in the outfield, so... And they only have two playoff appearances in their franchise's history, so yeah. One game, if they're if they're getting over Outer Banks, then that will be probably the biggest collapse in recent memory. Then we go to the Legends Western Division. Uh, no one's surprised. Sloths currently lead that division, forty-six and thirty-four, eight games over Mountain. The really thing is, San Antonio's got a very weak division. The other three teams are playing below 100, and one's tanking. Uh, with Maui playing 30 and 42, they have an outside shot at their currently four games back of that last wild card spot. I just don't see them making ground up. They would need both Buffalo and Otter Banks to lose a lot, which I don't see happening. Uh, then we have Vancouver. So I got a little inside scoop about Vancouver, and this is what you'll only hear on the on my on the Bell Talk. Uh, a little during my scouting conversation with the Vandals, the GM has told me that the team is heading towards a rebuild, and don't be surprised at the end of the beginning of the offseason if you see Wendy Marvell and Lizzie Mitchell both traded to contending teams. So, two two elite starting pitchers could be useful for somebody like Outer Banks to pick up. And then we got Boise. 1961, currently tied with the worst record in the majors right now. Uh, but there's a small problem with Boise. Uh, in, a, in the beginning of April, they traded their first, their next two firsts, including this year's, to the Cancun Toros. So they don't have a first in the first round. But actually, they do have a first. It's not their own. They don't have their own pick, originally own pick. This pick that they have in the draft is from Nashville. Uh, we have to go over to the Champions Conference because this answers a question from the Five Reel, who is a person who was a teammate of mine on the SHL's New Orleans Spectres. He asked how the Champions Conference is going to play out, so I'll just answer this question for you. Also, I could get very unhinged on this podcast, so if you hear me start swearing, don't be shocked, because that's how I, that's the way I like it around here. Uh, <laughs> the Champions East is a giant clusterfuck right now. 
Uh, Detroit, Nashville, and Luderpace are all tied for the lead in the division with 47 wins. This conference is absolutely loaded, by the way. They, by, by the tiebreaker, I think Detroit currently holds the tiebreaker, so. Demons, Stars, and Luderpace both hold the last wildcard spots. And then there's the Apex, who are just sadly the punching bag of the division, which is pretty sad to see. I know, if you've been there for a couple years and have been stuck in that, I, I feel bad for you. It's not your fault, it's just bad luck. The Champions West is also another example of a clusterfuck division. You got three teams over 500. New Orleans and Death Valley are both tied for the for the lead in the division, although New Orleans currently has the tiebreaker at 46 and 34. And, and basically, that is the last spot into the playoffs. So one of these two is probably going to have like 50 or 60 plus wins and not make the playoffs, which would be shocked. And we got Cancun, who is currently sitting five games back of the last wild card spot. Uh, they have a lot of young pitching, so I would expect them to see them contending within three to four seasons from now. So if they develop all those young pitchers. And we have the CLC Serpents, who just entered a rebuild. The Serpents have 1930-61, the type of the worst record. Okay. So, how I see this planning out is, I think all four te three teams in the East are going to make the playoffs. As for the West, the last series of the year between New Orleans and Death Valley is during the final sim. And the last four games are in Death Valley. So, I would have to give the Scorpions the edge here to win the West through division and knock out New Orleans from the playoffs. They just had a really good first start, but then just collapsed in the second half. As for who I think comes wins the East, I'm going to say the Lunar Base Space Rangers probably have the best odds because I just think their pitching is probably the best, one of the best rotations in the league, and, one of the, and it's hard to beat that. So, yeah. Okay, so that completes the segment that I had, which we checked all the standings of right now. All right, next thing we got here. Okay, do I answer questions now or, or do I? Okay, so well, I keep mixing my questions up. So, Captain SB asked on my question thread. The question.
Okay, sorry about so there was a brief blip there. I it was just my internet is kind of rubbish, so that's why it crashed a little bit. So back to Moctology. So the system I have here is calculating teams' needs. So what I did was go onto the compendium, which is pretty easy to access, went from each team's roster, and did a simple calculation. So here's how my formula goes out. The score on the system, so the lower the score, the bigger the need is. But you got to be careful. A negative score means you just have a bunch of players in regression that position. So that's a bigger need. So basically, if, you're, if you have a player who's who just progressed this year, you would have a minus one on the scoreboard. So we do. So the total is you add up the number. So you determine the player's regression here. For each year they are under it, they are basically. So basically, if they're S40 regressing S41, they are a one on the score. They're negative if they're deep in regression. So you add them all up and then divide by the number of players in each true position. That's how you get the score. It's pretty simple. And I'll just go take a run through of my analysis here to see which teams have the weakest their weakest positions. Uh, take a look at the starting pitching category here. The team that has the lowest score in the starting position pitcher position is the San Antonio Sloths. They scored a sc they got a score of 0.2. The second lowest score is the New Orleans Rougarou with 0.8. The team with the highest score is the New York Voyagers with a 5.7 due to a labor youth. The next part is the relief pitcher category. For relief pitchers, the team with the lowest score is the Vancouver Vandals, who have a score of 0.2 due to the age of the roster. The team with the highest score in the reliever department is the Maui Makos, that have a 6.4. Maui's got a good history of developing pitching, so good for them. Uh, Lunar Base has the lowest score in the in the catcher category. They have a score of minus 0.5. So they have one the first negative scores up there, as they have the player just in a regression. Highest score goes to Seattle because they have an influx of catchers. Because they have a bunch, I expect maybe. If they have multiple there, they could have a couple switch positions or get traded to another team to avoid a log jam at that position. First base, the lowest score is Detroit with a negative half. Actually, it's not Detroit. It's a tie between the New York Voyagers and National Stars with a score with a dreaded minus three score. That means they have a player who's decently in regression, so they still have time to pull the replacement off. The highest score goes to the C once again, the Seattle Sea Serpents. They just have a massive influx of young talent with 8.5. That's what happens when you're in an early stage of a rebuild. Uh, for second base, the worst score is belongs to belongs to Lunar Base with a minus one. The highest score goes to Nashville with an 8.5. Third base, 
lowest score, Providence, with a minus five. Ouch. So they desperately need a third baseman. Uh, highest score goes to the Boise Raptors with a 6.5. Left field, we have a tie for the highest score between the Boise Raptors and the San Antonio Sloths. The lowest score goes to Providence with, with a minus 4. Best score for center field goes to the Litter Bay Space Rangers with 9, but minus 3 for Providence. Providence here just needs a lot of help on that outfield. But once again, here's another factor, uh, another issue my system has, is that the is that this does not count players who are playing out of position, not playing their primary position. So this is why it sounds a little skewed a teeny bit and biased, because it is. Highest score in the right field category is a tie between is a freeway tie between the Indianapolis Apex, the Buffalo Surge, and the Seattle Sea Serpents. The worst score of a minus four goes to the Outer Banks AB. Shortstop has been a pretty weak category because the highest score is 5.5, which belongs to Seattle. Uh, correction, it's eight that goes to Lunar Base, and the worst score goes to the Boise Raptors with a dreaded minus six. So that means it's time to move on to the next portion of it and where where we use this information and convert it into a mock draft. It's where we convert this into a mock draft. So I was originally going to use current standings, but I decided to run a sim in OTP 24 using the week zero file, the season, the week four, day zero file of S40. So now we got a pretty much a fair, unskewed run. Uh, here's the order according to the simulation I did Seattle gets the first overall pick. Also, if you hear a dog barking in the background, I cannot control it. So because of that, I'm going to need to take a break for a second. I will be back. All right, sorry about that. I got to pause every time the dog barks because he literally barks at everything. So can't help it when you're on a small set recording in your bedroom. 
Okay, so according to the sim, Seattle ends up with the first overall pick. Boise gets so here's the original order without factoring trades: Seattle, Boise, Indianapolis, Vancouver, Maui, Providence, San Antonio, Buffalo, Cancun, New Orleans, Nashville, Death Valley, Outer Banks, Detroit, New York, and Lunar Bays. This is not factoring trades. The, the way the PB draft order is a bit strange. They factor by regular season record and not by whoever misses the play. So, with the trades factored in, according to the compendium, here's what the real order looks like. Seattle, Cancun from Boise, Indianapolis, Vancouver, Lunar Base from Maui, Providence, San Antonio, Buffalo, Death Valley from Cancun, Maui from New Orleans, Buffalo from Nashville, Death Valley, Outer Banks, Detroit, Cancun from New York, and Lunar Base. If you notice from what we got here, Lunar Base has two first, Lunar Base, Death Valley, and Cancun both all have multiple first round picks in this draft. Just remember, I'm not factoring any trades, and I'm also going to factor in the system here. So, with that being said, I'm going to go to the PBE TPE tracker. Which is a simple Google search. And you find it right there. Uh, this one is very well designed. You can sort by conference, season, player season, how much they have in the bank. All right. Here we go. So, so with the so that means what we have here, according to our mock system, is with Seattle having the first round overall pick. Let's take a look what their biggest need is. Aha! It appears that they need relief pitchers. But they could also go best player available. With that in mind, I could see Seattle taking a first-gen player. And they do have a first-term player. At, and with the first overall pick in my simulated run here, the Seattle, the Seattle Sea Serpents take relief pitcher. Let me take a look. All right. Relief pitcher from, from the Anchorage Wheelers, Lee Harm James. So I have Lee Harm going first overall in my mock. Sorry for any pauses. It's hard to do this with. So we have Lee Harm going first overall, according to my mock. Uh, 
208 TP currently. I don't know much about this user, but from what I can tell, he seems pretty great. Alright, Boise's up with second overall pick. Cancun, actually. So, this is why you gotta be careful with your trades. So, Cancun, their biggest need, is right field. So, let's have them have to take a right fielder here. We have a left fielder. But let's see if they can find one. Oh, and there is one available. With the second overall pick, the Cancun Toros. Select Webster Rocker from user BW4. BW Free is another longtime user in this league. So I definitely see why they could go with a veteran pick here. Uh, the Indianapolis Apex are up next with third overall. So their biggest need, they could go shortstop. I think they'll go first baseman here. That's their biggest need. And if there is one available, there is one available. So the pick is in with the third overall pick. The Indianapolis Apex select from the Puerto Rico Ranas, first baseman. Text first baseman. Oh, I actually put the user in the thing. Text
Okay, so there was a little error here. I was not talking for the last few minutes because I was muted the whole time because it was typing. I hit the X. So if it comes out very scuffled, I apologize. This is the first time because I have a keybind setup that has X causing me to do it. I'll probably edit that out or not edit it so you can take a break. So here's what I have with the first six picks in the mock draft. I have Lee Harm James going to Seattle first overall. Webster Rocker, BW3, going to Cancun at second overall. Tex Justice Jr. going third overall to Indianapolis. Hulk Savage going fourth overall to Vancouver. Philip Alou going fifth overall to Lunar Base. And we have the Province Crab selecting Dachi Nakamura. Six overall. We now go to San Antonio for the seventh overall pick. And according to this graph, the biggest need is right field. But they can wait on this. Because they likely play multiple left fielders out of position, I think we'll have them address the starting pitching hole. Now, the top starting pitcher in this draft is a GM currently. So we cannot pick him. And so is the second one. But we do have somebody who can go high. And I think this guy would fit him very well. So let me put in the pick real quick. So with seventh overall pick, I have the Sloths taking Tiny Chef from user Annex. Or Neeks. I don't know how to pronounce your name, so if I botch your name, my bad. It's just I'm not good with names. So with him, I have known him in the Cape Town Crash locker room. We just won a title there. A great user to hang around. So, yeah. Pick number eight coming up here with the... With the Buffalo Surge. So the Surge here, a bit of an odd spot. So Buffalo. Left field is their biggest need. And third base. But the right field is at nine. So, they're have, so they have a few out of position players. So I'll assume they're going to go. Let's have a go with their biggest need, which is left field. And there is a person available that could fit this up very, very well. So if you hear a lot of clicks, that's me doing the, my magic. So with the eighth overall pick, the, the Buffalo search select Curtis McKenzie from user P. Sanchez 55. For those who don't, P. Sanchez is a user who has been in Sim Leagues for a very long time uh, for sporadic periods. So glad to see him back in PV and best of luck on this new player. So we're through the first half of the draft. 
Now, this one here is a bit more carefully an analysis here, which I do give the slight edge. This model also gives it a slight edge to first-generation players because there are some GMs that only want to take first-gens and others who want to take recreates looking for a new experience or previous lifers. Pick number All right, I'm back. Once again, the internet crashed on me for the second consecutive time, which sucks. So that means, so we left off with pick number nine in our mock. So, and I already have the pick ready. So with this pick, I have the Death Valley Scorpions with their first pick going feel alarm from user Rockstar. Now I could very well see this user slipping in the draft due to flyer creates burning out. So if this guy, if they can keep him active and keep him earning, he should have a no problem with with being a good pick. Now he's up next with 10th overall. And with Maui, their biggest need, I see a couple zeros, so they have a few out of position short stops, probably playing it with their catchers at zero, so they most likely have an out of position player. So I think with their third baseman being very old, they likely draft a replacement third baseman. So let's take a look here. Only problem is, it's a one player has earned, so they're likely going to have to go with best person available here. And I think they'll just have somebody switch. And I think I found the user who could fit this team. It's going to be odd seeing him not in this team and would be pretty much a pick snipe. Uh, because I have, with the 10th overall pick, 
I have them taking Barry Allen, C-Mac. Now, it's pretty weird to see him not in a Raptors uniform. Because I've always assumed he was a Raptor for, he was a Raptor lifer. And for him to get taken here to fill up the position need, like he's playing at first, but I'll have them switch him to third. Come the line. Uh, next up is Boise, who incidentally traded the second overall pick for Bauer. So now they got to figure out what's next for Boise. Their biggest, they need shortstop badly. And with two fourth stops already gone, stops already gone, I think they go best available out infielder here. So that means I'll circle first, second, and third. And the best one available, I have them going. In fact, I'm going to do a little switch here. Instead of Barry Allen getting taken here, I'll have Melander Alescu going here to... going to Maui, and we'll have C-Mac, and uh, we'll have C-Mac end up going to Boise. So that settles that issue. So that settles that potential issue out of the way. So we have somebody going. So there we go. We have our 11 picks set up. We have, well, that means we have five more picks remaining. Death Valley's back up for a second pick. And because they drafted a shortstop, I think they go pitching here. Try to go for the best available pitching staff. So let me take a look. And I have them taking a reliever here that can be moved to a starting pitcher. So I have Mudbone going 12th overall to Death Valley from user Time Consumer. Because Time Consumer's been a long time user in the in the PBE with Edward De Niro and then I forgot what his recent player was called. Anyway, if anyone knows what it is, let me know so you can keep back checking me during the podcast. Uh pick number 13 goes to Outer Banks. 
And their biggest need, right field. I see a bunch of log jams at catcher and center. They have something at people playing at center, but that probably means they're having a meet for play, playing left, most likely. So, I let's have them take another right fielder here. Do you? Nah, I don't see it. So let me take a look at all the outfield guys and see if they have anyone available. All the good ones I have were taken early. So that means you have to go to their next mead. So Outer Banks I could see potentially trading up because we get sniped. So they could go shortstop here and have a move to the outfield. So with this in mind, I have another first gen here. Actually, I'm going with a bit of a supplies pick here for this mock. Outer Banks decides that they want to go for somebody who has it in the, who can make them switch there. Alright, I, I accidentally muted again. So, with the 13th overall pick, uh, I have Outer Banks taking, surprise, I picked myself to go. Now, because they have a shortstop need, I am open to moving there. So, with the top two being with Hulk Savage and Field Alarm gone, they brought, they can stay in the hope I fall there, and then snatch the pick right there. Okay, Detroit, 14th overall. Biggest need is center field. The right fielder issue is probably filled out. Yeah, Detroit's had a lot of needs. But I think their biggest need is center field. So let's have them take a center fielder here. Only problem is the user's inactive, so they cannot take that. <laughs> Unfortunately, their biggest they cannot address in the Okay. So I'm going to have to re do a little edit here. Sorry, dog barking again. So I'm going to edit this mock. I originally had my player going here, but I'm going to change this a little bit. The biggest need is right field. So I'll need deep in regression. And they do have a guy available. I know he's pretty low in TP and probably inactive. So if I get this wrong, 
So I have them taking Alexander Hirara. Uh, if they can get him being active, this could be a skill of a pick. But I could also see Outer Banks trading out of this draft, really, because I think they're set for a while. All right, Detroit. For the Demons, their biggest need is center field, but also first basements. Their infield's not good. So this is where I plug in myself here. Here to help fill in that hole. So here a lot of this, uh, the mute sound because I have an X key bind that's there. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. Okay, 15th overall, Cancun. They address the right field hole. They have a bunch of people playing out of position. I think they're going to grab, they go best player available who has not been taken yet. And luckily, they have a great relief pitcher follow their pick. And I have them going there. And they select the Torso. Indiana Polis. Another first gen user going here. So Lunar Base, after they struck out uh, after Detroit Steel's Valor at 14, Lunar Base will have to go with another second baseman available. But luckily, they have a guy. And I have for the last overall pick. This round. Rotor wash with a goatee is the final pick of the first round. So that concludes the mock I have here. So. Let me see how much time I had during this podcast. 55 minutes? Uh, I'll go a couple more minutes because there were a few blips during there. There. So that means... So let me go for the mock here. The Harm James to Seattle. First overall, the Harm James. Second overall, Webster Rocker. Tex Justice Jr. Third, Hulk Savage fourth. Philip Alou, 5th, Dachi Nakamura, 6th, Tiny Chef, 7th, Curtis, Curtis McKenzie, 8th, Fiolar, 9th, Milander, Lescu, 10th, Barry Allen, 11th, Mudbone, 12th, Alexander Hirara, 13th, Bell Valor Jr., 14th, Indiana Polis, 15th, and Roder Wash with a goatee, going 16th. Uh, so this is the simulated mock that I did. Second version, uh, the initial version I ran for another GM, Vancouver, and said there were a couple issues. 
So I've modified the issues and now have a bit more of an, an accurate mock. So, yeah, now let's get into a couple of the questions I may have been asked. few extensions that are occurring. Uh, let me go back to my podcast thread. So already answered. I've had a few questions in the New Orleans Spectre's rock room. I'm gonna answer those and then we'll wrap this podcast up. Here we are. Uh questions from a news who is not in PVE. This is from Frith Jofer, if I get your name wrong. Who is currently inspectors, but I I asked him a lot of him for questions. He says, I'm currently not in the PVE. You can answer this one. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Uh, it really depends on which team you're supporting for. Like your expectations for each team are shift every year. Like the Orioles, I expect us to be a playoff team this year. Not exactly a World Series team just yet, but they do have the pieces to possibly go on that run. The Orioles were had a schedule of an above 500 season last year. And I think uh, the thing he questioned about Romantic about baseball was he posted a game between the Braves and the Mets at the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Uh, the early morning of July 5th, 1985, Braves were down to their last strike in the 18th minute. Inning. Reliever Ricky Camp comes up to the bat, 0.060, and then he hits a home run on an 0-2 count, giving the Braves tying, tying the game. And the other question I had was from the five reel, how do you see the Champions East race panning out? This is a very touchy subject. Uh, taking a look here at their projected record. Uh, based on their projected record, the Lunar Bay Space Rangers are underperforming slightly. As they're current, they would be projected to be leading division. So I think Lunar Base probably comes out with division. Uh, Nashville's performing what they were expected to be at 4733. And the Detroit Demons, they were actually overachieving a little bit, according to their, according to the data in OTP. They are projected to be 45 and 35, but they're actually 47 and 33, so they're two games above their expected. If we take a look here, Lunar Base has the advantage of home wins, Nashville has the road wins. Uh, also, Lunar Base has struggled in one-run games and extra inning games, which I think is the main reason why they're not performing very well. If they go into extras, 
their lack of bullpen depth uh, comes to bite them. So maybe that's why they blew that four games to nothing series lead in the conference finals last season when they blew the 3-0 lead to Nashville. Well, if they would have made it, I just didn't see them beating Outer Banks anyway. So, yeah. I think that will be it for today's pod, today's Val Talk. Thank you for everyone who's sending questions. And I will hope to see you guys next time on the podcast. Uh, anyway, anyway, safe. Follow your dreams. Don't do anything stupid. And if you're a GM listening to this, and if I did something wrong, let me know during your scouting info. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys after the draft in two weeks. Uh, See ya. All right. Do, 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 do. I'm almost done. I gotta find a way to end this podcast. So, graders. This is kind of an outtake part.